0: Praise the Lord. You guys ready for some healing? Yeah. Come on. First Wednesday. It's what we do. have been doing it for years now. And we believe that God still is in the healing business. He still moves to, to take care of us physically, not just emotionally, not just spiritually, but physically he takes care of us. Amen. Hallelujah, let's pray, let's start off with some prayer. Father God, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to come see a demonstration of your love, a demonstration of your spirit, that, Father God, your power would be here to be able to be on display to show how much you love, how much you care. And we thank you, Lord God, that you are capable. We thank you, Lord God, that you are willing. We thank you, Father God, that it was your plan that we would be operating in these things from day one. We thank you, Lord God, for every good thing that you do today, do tonight. We thank you, Father. Every healing, every miracle, every sign, every wonder. Father, you get all the glory for it. You get all the credit. All the honor goes towards you. We are just so blessed to be in your presence, so honored to be in the glory of God tonight. And we thank you, Father, for everything that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Come on. You guys ready? Um, you know, as I'm, as I'm preparing, the, this question kept stirring up in me, and it felt good to let's go down that path a little bit. And uh, it's kind of sometimes can be the elephant in the room when it comes to a, a healing meeting, which is the question, well, what if it doesn't work? Right? Like, there's, the, there's some that know the answer to that question, and there's some that I'm sure come in with that question of, well... Let's see what happens. Is this going to work? What if it doesn't? Those types of questions. Now, I will say that, um, you know, I've I've probably asked that question before, but I'm past that question now. Um, You know, that question in and of itself uh, is a a dangerous question, right? Because, you know, you don't want to be quoting scriptures that are quoting like Satan, where he was like, did God really say you don't you don't want to be doing those types of things, right? So, did God really see? you don't want to be quoting Satan in the Bible. You want to be quoting you want to be quoting the good stuff, right? And so, we're not we're not really designed to question God's integrity. Like questioning questioning God's word, his integrity always ends up not so great. And and yet, you know, you find many people including believers alike who find themselves wondering what's gonna happen regarding healing, rather than knowing what's going to happen. And, and you know, we, we see Jesus in the Bible, right? And you see him ministering, and uh, he's, he's got his earthly ministry, he's going around getting people healed left and right. You never see him once operate in wonder, meaning this way, I wonder if this is gonna work. You never see him like, Man, I hope this, this mud-in-the-eye thing really does a does trick. <laughs> you never see him, like, going up to Lazarus, who's in the tomb. He's been there for four days. His disciples are like, Jesus, by now, this guy smells. Are you sure you want to do this? And Jesus, you know, he gets up there, and he, it's like he just knows what's going to happen already. How does he know that? And, you know, you, you don't see Jesus. He's about to call Lazarus forth and, oh, Lord. Father, hope you got my back on this one. This guys, if we roll this stone away, it could get really smelly, could get really ugly. You just don't see Lazarus doing that, or Lazarus, you don't see Jesus doing that. In fact... We have record of what he did right before he said the famous line, Lazarus, come forth. And that's in John eleven 41. I'll just put it up on the screen for, so we can go through it real quick. It says, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father... I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. What happened? Lazarus comes forth. He does exactly what Jesus said. Jesus knew what was going to happen, and then we see it. You know, he prayed. What was his prayer? His prayer wasn't even like for himself. His prayer wasn't even like, I need to get stirred up in faith right now. I need to start really believing God. His prayer was, I'm doing this for everybody else's help. I already know what's gonna happen. I'm praying for everyone else. I already know the outcome of this situation. And that's how Jesus operated in everything he did. You never see him, all right, let me me see if this works with the wind. Uh, (laughs) Wind, be still. You just never see him question what's going to happen. It's like he already knows the outcome. Yeah. And then you see this with some of the apostles, right? You see the apostles doing the same thing. And, you know, they walked with Jesus for three years. Jesus showed them what to do, how to do it. And then you see, the, you see the apostles doing the exact same thing Jesus did. So if you will, turn with me to Acts chapter 3. old Peter and John. You guys remember Peter, right? He was the guy that just denied Jesus a few chapters before this. And uh, and then Day of Pentecost came, got filled with the Holy Spirit. Got how many people was it saved? Is so it three thousand? Three thousand people saved that day. Started walking in power. And so you see Peter and John here, and they're doing the same thing Jesus did. Verse one. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they had laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, and fixing his eyes on him, with with John, Peter said, look at us. Verse 5, so he gave him. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. Lord, if it be your will, <laughs> would you just touch this, this poor lame man and help him? Lord, if it... I know we want this guy healed, it would be really great if you did. <laughs> Lord, we don't know if you're going to heal this guy or not, but it's going to be awesome if you do. Any doubts in their mind what's about to happen? Look what they say Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Verse 7, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. I mean, if you're wondering what's going to happen, you probably aren't lifting a guy up out of, out of his crippled state and just yanking him up off the ground. If you're like, hmm, let's hope this works, it's like, no, you, these guys knew something. They knew what was going to happen. They knew the outcome of what they were about to do. It wasn't a question to them. They weren't sitting there wondering, well, what if it doesn't work? Probably just never crossed their mind. I mean, Jesus, it never crossed Jesus' mind, and that was, their, that was their mentor for the last three years. Come on. Jesus, everywhere he went. The disciples, everywhere they went. They knew the outcome of the situation before, before they got there, before they said anything. It was just inevitable. It was just a guarantee. We know exactly what's gonna take place. How do they know that? How do they know that? What what did they know? How do they know the future? Can you know the future? Can you you know the outcome of tonight? Can you know the outcome of tonight? Do you know what's gonna happen tonight? Can you be as confident as Peter as John, as Jesus. That you know what? I know what's gonna happen. I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna get healed tonight. I'm walking out of those doors or those doors, skipping and jumping and glorifying God and rejoicing. And it's gonna be, I already know what's gonna happen. You can know this too. They aren't, Peter and John, you know, they even weren't the brightest guys in the group. They were always, back and forth with each other anyway. And yet they knew the outcome before the situation even began. And so we can have that same confidence. And before, before we get into the text, I wanna propose uh, an idea, propose a concept. I didn't touch anything. <laughs> I wanna propose an idea before we go into the scripture. Here's the the idea. God created the universe. That's that's not a new concept or a new idea. God created the universe, and in the universe, we have this reality that we live in called time, right? We're all familiar with time. Some of us, it goes by quick. Some of us, it goes by slow. When you're really young, it seems like everything takes forever. When you're older, it's like, Everything's passing by. You're driving down the freeway at 25 and it feels like 125. <laughs> and everyone's passing you saying, What is going on? It's so fast. <laughs> Time's an interesting thing because it's, it's, it can change based off of each person's perception. But it's this thing that really exists in our universe. And it's kind of a fascinating subject. I, I, I think it's interesting. They make movies about it, right? And there's this Doctor Strange movie that's either out or coming out, I don't even know, but you know, they make all this stuff about time and it's this interesting concept. Have you thought about time? By the way, Doctor Strange isn't the Time Lord. There's only one Time Lord and he created time. He's the Time Lord. I, I, I'll just call him Doctor Strange. The the Lord created time by being outside of time. He himself did not create time and step into it. He himself created time and is still outside of it. He's not subject to time. He doesn't see things through the lens of time as we do. He sees things through the lens of eternity And this is kind of where our brains go, you start going a little little of this, like what, what does it look like to be outside of time? Well, it's hard for us to understand, hard for our minds to wrap around a concept like that because we've never experienced that. But one day we will. One day we'll step out of this universe, this reality, and we'll step into eternity and we'll understand what it's like to live outside of whatever earthly time is I don't know if heaven has its own time frame or what, but it's different than it is here, obviously. So God sees everything according from the outside in looking into time. He's not dealing with what we perceive as future and past. He's not thinking in those terms. He's thinking in completely different terms, and it's helpful for us to think the same way he does, right? Uh, Turn with me real quick to Genesis chapter 17. There's some verses that give you some indication about how God thinks. How does God think in in regard to time? How does he think along these things? And And you'll notice when you read scripture, sometimes things are just like God says things and you're like, why did you put it that way? Well it helps to know what God's perspective is. So Genesis 17:5 says he's speaking to Abraham here. He says, "No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations." Now, at this point, Abraham does not have any kids. At this point, Abraham is not a father at all in time. He has zero kids, zero offspring. Yet God uses the look at the tense in which he uses. He says, I have made those are past tense. I have made you father of many nations. I'm changing your name today. By the way, this is 25 years ahead of Isaac being born, 25 years early. God's like, Well, You're going to have to tell everybody that your name's Abraham now. Well, God, that means I'm a father of many nations. Yep, that's right. You're going to have to tell everybody, hey, everybody, I want you calling me father of many nations because that's what my name means now. But you don't have any kids. Yep. Doesn't matter. The Lord said the Lord's and the Lord saying this from his perspective, which is it's already done. Done he's outside of time. he's not. It's not an if, and, but, or maybe. It's a guarantee. It's already accomplished. It's He says something. It's done. It doesn't matter. Time just is irrelevant to the situation. He's operating outside of time. So God calls Abraham. He calls him the father of many nations. He has no kids. He has no evidence of it. He's just expecting Abraham to just go around telling everybody that what God just told him. I want you to tell everybody your testimony. You're now father of many nations. Tell them your testimony. Preach to everybody you see. God is the one who's making me the father of many nations. Yeah, he's got no kids. He's, he's 75 years old at this point. Him and Sarah, they're past their years of child, childbirth, childbearing. And they're telling everyone, yep, this is who I am now. Oh, look at that old Abraham. He's just really gone and lost it. He really fell off the rocker. Yet this is how God thinks. This is how he speaks. This is how we are called to think as well. We adopt his perspective, not us expecting God to get into our perspective, our perspective is incorrect, God's is always right. And unless, if we're in if we're in disagreement with God, we're just wrong. God is hundred percent seeing things clear. Well, I I don't know if I'm healed. How can I how can I be how can I know I'm gonna be healed? I haven't seen anything, I don't have any evidence of it. Listen. God is dealing with the, the problem that you have outside of time. So, this is the conclusion. The outcome of healing is inevitable. It's already been decided, it's a foregone conclusion. You are getting healed. How can you say that? Well, I have a I have a scripture from the Lord, I have a word from God, just as Abraham did on the subject. Ready? Second Peter. I'm sorry, first Peter. First Peter 224. I want you to pay attention to, to tenses in this in this scripture here. It says, who himself, that's Jesus, bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Yeah. Isn't that sound very much similar to the word that Abraham received when he said, I have made you father of many nations. Same exact word. Who's that word to? Us. This was a letter to the churches. This is a letter to believers. You are the ones that receive this letter. Just imagine Peter, he's penciling this out. He's writing these things down, and he's completely inspired by the Holy Spirit to say this. In this way, I wonder if it like made his mind go, er, Lord, you want me to say, we were healed? All right, I'm going to write it down by whose stripes you were healed. You were healed. It's past tense. The Holy Spirit giving this to Peter is giving this revelation outside of time. He's saying it's inevitable. What Jesus did 2000 years ago made your healing a guarantee, an outcome that's already been determined. It's completely settled already. It's not an if, and, but, or maybe. It's done in the spirit. It's already done. God's looking, when, you know, from God's perspective. You know, if you, could, if you could see the Lord right now in heaven, what does he look like regarding thinking of your situation, thinking of whatever you're dealing with, whatever problems going on in your body? What's he thinking? Well, right now, God is in the middle of rejoicing with you that you are healed. When I say with you, I mean, he's outside of time, so therefore you're already there too, saying, I'm healed. It helps us to get this same perspective. If I'm thinking differently than how God's thinking, I'm missing it. If I see things differently than how he sees it, then I'm wrong. I have to see it how he sees it. I was healed. Abraham was made the father of many nations, and therefore he's the father of many nations. You were healed by Jesus' stripes, you were healed. Therefore, you're healed. And if you'd want to disagree with me, you'd take it up with the one who wrote it. You take it up with the Holy Spirit. He's the one who said it. And he's right. Don't argue with the Lord. Just receive what he has to say and say, you know what? I'm going to submit my way to the Lord, and I'm going to go ahead and just say, Lord, you're right. I was healed, so therefore, I am healed. You know, we are not the sick trying to get healed. We are the healed of the Lord. The scriptures refer to us as the healed of the Lord. We are the healed of the Lord enforcing what's inevitable, enforcing the outcome that's predetermined. That's who we are. We're not like, oh, hopefully I can convince God to do this for me. Hopefully one day there's going to be this perfect connection that takes place and maybe someone will call out my healing, call out my, my problem, and I'm going to get healed. Listen, that's one way, but it's not the main way. And it's not the way that that's going to really get you to a place where you can say, I'm ready for the next problem, bring it. Because when you have overcome by accepting this truth, when you have received healing by saying, you know what? I was healed, therefore I am healed. I'm not trying to get something I don't have. I'm just walking in what I do have. Remember, that's what the disciples said. What I do have, I give you. They knew they had healing. What made them know they had healing? What made them know that? Did they they feel that they had healing in them? Did they perceive it? No, they had a word from Jesus, the same thing you do, the same thing we have. We have a word from God. Healing's in us. Healing's a part of us. To walk in perfect health is, is just who we are as believers. Anything short of that is, being, is, is really short of your birthright. You're walking short of what you already have. You have answers. You have all these things going on inside of you. Yet we don't walk in it. Why don't we walk in it? Because I don't think the outcome is already decided. I think there's like chance that it could go one way or another Which is completely thinking opposite of how God thinks. I have to submit my mind. Lord, you're right. Your ways are right. When you guys, those who are, we're gonna minister to those who are sick. When you guys come up, I want you to remind yourself the outcome is already determined, the outcome is inevitable. It's been predecided what's going to happen. I'm walking out those doors rejoicing with God. I'm walking out those doors without my limp. I'm walking out those doors with a brand new set of lungs. I'm walking out those doors with a back that I can just stand upright and doesn't hurt at all. I'm walking out those doors without cancer, without any disease, without any problems. I'm walking out those doors because I know Jesus was the same way. He already knew what was going to happen, and therefore I know what's going to happen. Jesus got it as a word from God. The disciples got it as a word from God. Abraham got it as a word from God. We get it as a word from God. Do we need more? Can I tell you, if you try to add more, that, does, that part doesn't work. That part muddies it all up. It's just, this is what God has said. This is how he thinks. He's all, he already sees you walking in your victory. Amen. He's never going to point to you and say, hey, you're sick. Hey, you're diseased. Hey, you're... Di-. He's never going to do that. He sees you as an overcomer. He sees you walking in your victory. He's going to call out, you're going to, you're going to be a father of many nations. I'm not going to call out what I see in the flesh. God's the spirit. He doesn't deal with us according to the flesh. He deals with us spirit to spirit. Amen? So when we come up, I just want um, you to see yourself correctly. See yourself correctly. I'm not... Someone that's sick, someone that's in pain trying to get healed. I am the healed of the Lord enforcing what's inevitable, enforcing what's already mine and just receive it. Amen? When I I lay hands on you, I'm going to say these words. I'm going to say, be healed, which is past tense because that's the way the scriptures say it. And I'm not making a formula out of it. It's just the Lord directed me to do it this way tonight. Be healed. And I want you to, at that moment, say, yep, I am healed. I am healed. Thank you, Lord. I am healed. Because when you agree with God, it actually allows his will to come into manifestation in your life. So just agree with him. Yep, I am healed. According to your word, according to what you inspired Peter to write down, I am healed. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's go.